Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, doing good, Shad. I'm doing good. Great. We want to say thank you, everybody out there, for joining us for this episode. We're going to take care of our shout-outs right here at the beginning. The first one's going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital C in Corners, capital P in Podcast, no spaces, to save 10% off your order. Um, I've got some newish shirts out there, so I'd be worth looking. They're getting ready to do a big promotion with um, the uh, the Good Brothers about a uh, autographed baseball jerseys and all that kind of good stuff. So go check them out. They're great shirts. They're really comfortable. Our other shout-out means the ball goes to Matt. You know, I'm advocating. I'm actually putting together a a proposal for uh, studios to have Orlando Colognes Rock and Wrestling. It's going to be a a play-up in that old 1980s Hulk Hogan vehicle. I'm going to update it to the modern era with Orlando. That's the pitch I'm going to put together for the different animation studios. Well, Matt, that sounds like a segue. Well, uh, it's something of a segue. That is a segue, <laughs> but we we do need we do need to discuss a topic briefly before we get to tonight's topic, which is um, in the past. Was it Thursday? I think that's right. Uh, in the past, I think it was July second, maybe. Uh, Del Wilkes, the Patriot, passed away. Um, so I know if you've listened to this show, you're used to us doing tribute episodes, but we actually decided we're not going to do that because since we're going to be focusing on the GWF throughout the summer, that seemed like a good celebration of his like peak kind of as a star. So that's yeah. kind of what we did because we're going to be doing the rest of the TV title tournament. And I think we might dig into a little more stuff past that because we've been enjoying it. So that that is kind of what we're going to do. I will throw out a match recommendation because it's on... Um, YouTube is a two-parter, but um, Gary Albright and Sabu versus Kenta Kabashi and the Patriot from All Japan in 1996 is quite the spectacle of a match. And it is like a um, superb Sabu performance. Did I hear you say that right? Yes. A, like, when you say a superb Sabu performance, do you mean like... Sabu was really good at wrestling, or this was an exemplary uh, of what you would expect out of Sabu in a wrestling match? Well, so, so I mean, pretty much the match is um, Patriots doing some good stuff. Kabashi's just chopping the, the crap out of everyone. Uh, Albright is just 
using his freakish strength to, you know, throw people everywhere. And Sabu is kind of like they're trying to desperately keep him in at all costs to keep Albright on the apron. So Sabu's kind of taking a beating while like meticulously timing comebacks for hope spots. And he does, he kind of keeps it more simple and he hits his spots really nice, but he plays like quite the nice um, face in peril. If, if you're, if you're looking at it in American terms, but he, he perils really well in that match. And, and he's, he's a really great foil to Albright because Albright, if you don't know what Albright looks like, Albright is this almost freakishly fat guy that does like this amazing mat work and just rag dolls, like 300 pound men, like they weigh nothing. <laughs> well, Albright was a big dude himself. He was like yeah. 350. I'm looking his stuff up real quick. Build height is six foot four. Build weight as three fifty three. So yeah, that's a uh okay, I can't I can't even lie. That's that's um just a little bit bigger than me. No, but I mean he's so. a guy like you 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 would be shocked to see Albright work because like he he like he does really good mat work, but then he'll just he'll just toss people. Oh too. wow. Because he's a UWFI guy too. Okay. Uh, he wasn't UWFI. He little no. Maybe you guys didn't know this. Like I actually just forgot this until I looked him up. He was actually technically part of the uh, Anoa. I don't know how to pronounce the last name, but the Samoan family. The Anoa family. Yeah. Anoa. Okay. Yeah. He was actually part of that family by marriage. Wow. So he in he in a in well by marriage he was related to you know Rikishi the Usos Roman Reigns, all of them, and I remember him kind of being like a I remember when he died he died like twenty years ago I remember him yeah. when he like he was kind of I mean he had done a lot of Japan but he was kind of like breaking out into he was gonna not that he was gonna get like a push but he was kind of becoming more known to American audiences. Mm-hmm. Rather than just his work in like UWFI and All Japan, he was kind of mm. like one of those names when people would get mm-hmm. into tape trading. He was like one yes. of his first names that you would really see just because he's a real mm-hmm. abnormality if you see him. Like he's instantly like memorable. Mm-hmm. Mm. And what I have not seen a lot of him, unfortunately. But he, what I did see, he was pretty good. Didn't we figure out he was teaming with Mock and Singh and Stampede? Yes, he was Vulcan Singh. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. In yes. Stampede, but he was only that was like at the very, very beginning of his career. So. And uh, I found out, I guess, um, from a Kabashi interview, if if he had not jumped ship to the WWF in '96, he would have been featured prominently as Kabashi's tag partner in like '96 and '97 in All Japan. Oh wow! It's it's really sad with the Patriot because when he was really like starting to hit his stride, he had that injury that just um that just completely ended his career. But he just had a it's paywalled unfortunately. You can get good bits and pieces out of it. Um, mm-hmm. he just did a was it Sean Ross the Sean Ross Sapp that he did the interview with? Yeah, that they were going right. to release on the Fourth of July, and he happened to die in the interim. But um. It's interesting to hear him talk because he's not like a bitter guy. He really owns up to like his addictions, mm-hmm. and um, he wants to punch Tom Brandy in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to see if I can track down either the interview or a uh, 
a transcript of it. I'd be real interested. And I would say probably Buff Bagwell's best tag partner. Well, no, 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 no. that's hard to say because. Tickle Scorpio. Yeah, that's that's a tough Scott one. Scott Norton. If you're actually talking about well, Scott Norton. You, well, I guess you're right. Outside of Scotty Riggs, uh, there was some really, really talented. No, if it's Scotty Riggs, but there was some really, really talented. Um, hey, workers. I, I'll have you know, Scotty Riggs had a um, had a gimmick at ECW about having a venereal disease. Hmm. Oh, well. You did you ever did you ever watch when he was Scotty Anton and his in ECW? Uh. Uh-uh. His whole gimmick was he had the clap. Oh my lord. Yes. Ugh. Okay. I actually I actually thought he was decent when he was in like the flock and he had like the eye patch thing going on. That was a really it was a good look for him. Um it was the uh it was a departure from how he'd done before, but it really it really did fit. And he had like he had I think I think Scotty Riggs actually has an underrated amount of charisma because like you had to I think I think a person with less charisma could not have pulled off like the eye patch thing without like talking and stuff and he really pulled off like he really pulled that gimmick off well probably better than he gets credit for Yeah, he he did a he did a really good job. But um, um did did Bagwell and Scorpio capture the tag titles in WCW? Uh, I thought they did. Because I know but, Patriot and yeah. I think they did, but it was one of those situations where I think they held the titles for like a week or something. They like I let me look this up. I feel like they won it on like a TV taping, like WCW Saturday Night, and then maybe lost it like immediately. Maybe like the, literally like the next night okay. to I think the Nasty Boys. Let me look this up. Chad, okay. do, do you want to know who his? Do you know what? Do you want to know who his tag partner, the Eagle, was in All Japan under the mask or in the suit? Matt Go probably knows. Oh God, I, I feel like I should know okay. this and I did, it is, but I forgot I'm, it. it. I'm is, gonna guess. Okay, go for hang it. Hang on, I'm gonna put a guess, and this is this is an out of nowhere guess. Well, here, like I'm gonna I'm gonna give nothing. you I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you okay. Do your guess, and I'll give you a hint and see if you I'm, can get it. I'm, I'm gonna say Sergeant Craig Pittman. No. No, no. He is related he is related to someone that you have worked on a show with. Um, oh wait. Fuller? No. You, right the it's it's um the name's similar. You just gotta change some you just uh, gotta change the second half of it around. Now now that you've said this, I'm gonna vapor lock. Matt probably might might be getting some ideas. Inferior um, version of a popular 80s tag team. <laughs> Fulton, Fulton, um, not Fuller. Yes. yes. Bobby Fulton, who is he related? Which, Jackie which Fulton. Ful- Jackie, Jackie Fulton. Okay. Yeah. It, it, you said that, and I said Fuller. Fuller was the name of the guy that got me in the business. And then you said that, and I was like, that's right, isn't it? It's Fuller, isn't it? And you're like, no, no, that's not. And I'm like, I vapor locked on who it was. Yeah, because I thought the eagle was someone else, and it messed me up on a different podcast. I think it was one I did with um, Dave. We were trying to f- remember who the eagle was. Ah, okay. Gotcha. So anyway, our our actual our actual show tonight though is um, 
we're gonna so we've been doing a lot of cartoon stuff um we were gonna try to talk about first run syndication shows but then we kind of didn't have a uniform remembrance of first run syndication cartoons so we kind of settled on doing a top 10 of our favorite characters from various cartoons so now we've all kind of set up our own rules on how we decide what goes on our list um we might want to break those down before we start uh for what it's worth um my if if you guys want to yeah, I, I can let out mine um mine is there are some people who are on my list that are going to be lower than you might guess they would be for me because um animated tv was not their uh their their prime um popularity uh, I l- tried to limit it to they had to be at least recurring characters or like main characters for shows and I tried to limit it on franchises so on my list I'm going to have um some picks that are kind of stand-ins for an entire show for like an ensemble cast uh, yeah and then there's there's one on here I'll have to qualify it whenever we get there but uh that's kind of what I'm looking at like I I, I couldn't just let it be one-offs because then it'd be like uh Billy Bats in Justice League Unlimited he was only in one episode so it wouldn't work but um that's that's my criteria I, so what I did is I, I specifically kept myself to before about 1992. Um, so that includes it's mostly 80s that it ended up being, but like I did like look into um, the the 70s to make sure there wasn't some property from that that I I really liked. I also limited myself from I could not do something we've talked about at any length that i did break that rule a bit um but like gi joe was just too impenetrable to pick a character and we did a whole episode on that so i (laughs) i cut it i also i also did not put antagonists on my list i only stuck to the good guys okay Um, but there i did break it there is a ghostbusters character on here and a turtle but Mm -hmm. i don't feel like we discuss those exhaustively either so matt did you have a particular criteria or just i had like almost no criteria uh i just i just went and picked several characters um in two different four characters are from two different shows so there's there's two instances where i from one particular show or franchise i picked two characters from that franchise um and i didn't really limit it to to time like a time Mm -hmm. i didn't even limit it per se to kids animated shows like there i have some that are kids from kids shows that are some that are from adult shows uh i guess i also didn't rank them it's not like oh this is my favorite one they're all just kind of in a list yeah that's kind of Mine are kind of when I remember to put them down to paper. Yeah. And but I I did um I did limit mm-hmm. myself from no adult animation, um because that would alter my list greatly. Mm-hmm. Mine and, are not in any particular order in spots six through ten, but my top five are in order. 
Cause, I see. Because if you if you bring like the Simpsons into the equation, my my list gets really messy because there's characters from that like <laughs> I love like Apu mm. and and Barney. And, uh, uh, well, I have spoiler. I have a Simpsons character. Okay. On my, uh, and Mr. Mr. Burns and Smithers, like just. I, I think Matt's might be the purest list out of the three of us, but yeah. it's uh, it's the most uh, chaotic neutral of the, <laughs> of the list. Uh, I guess the the only criteria that I did put was that it, uh, I guess the character is a major character, either like a starring character, a featured character, or at least had a prominent role in that they were featured in multiple episodes it's not like you had like uh i don't know name like name a one-off character from i don't know like simpsons like um i would uh, well weird al from the simpsons on your list probably wouldn't fly right yeah it's it's, it's like a one episode character like i i'll one up you like bumblebee mm -hmm. guy would not count as a as a major character no but at least he would be like like recurring. consistently on yeah and if someone i i mean i if someone were to say like oh i put uh i put troy mcclure on my list as, I, I wouldn't hate on that it's like well yeah, yeah he was on like he was really entertaining and he was on multiple episodes who but, was who was the guy that helped homer when he got like the hair and he became like an executive <laughs> and it was like his personal assistant that was like doing everything <laughs> oh what was his name Oh, crap. Was that the deputy mayor from SWAT Cats? No. <laughs> but that was her, though. I, yeah. I remember that as a thing, because she that said was, he hasn't done an ounce of paperwork in years. That was Callie, I think her name was. Yeah, that's right. Wow, it's, I can't believe I remember that. Okay. That's, well, that's if you were, like, good. for example, if you were to go, like, Hank Scorpio from Simpsons, it's like, Hank Scorpio was really entertaining in that one episode that he starred in, and that he's never been seen again. So that might be would, that that mm. that might be up there in my favorite animated moments where Homer's looking for sugar and he just gives him sugar right out of his pocket. He's like, I'm sorry, it's not in packets. <laughs> All right. So it's like Homer, if you could if you could kill someone on your way out, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of rotate from the bottom of the list and work our way up. And since. uh since Matt's are our, our least restrained, I think mm -hmm. we'll start with Matt. Uh, okay. Who do you have? Uh, again, my my list is not in any particular order. There's no, no I didn't. I think Matt died uh, on us. For... No, he's here. here. Okay. Oh, can you hear me? You, you cut for a second, but yeah. it's fine. Okay, my internet's a little wonky tonight for some reason. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're fine. Yeah. Okay. I picked a major character um, in, I guess, in an overall large, expansive franchise. Um, Donald Duck. Oh. Donald Donald Duck has always been. I actually was telling my wife this. I'm like at, looking, and I was. I told you guys right before the show. Like my list is actually. I didn't do what Brad did and and say like no antagonist. My list is actually heavy on either outright villains or antagonists. Uh -huh. Someone who gets into conflict with a the, the character who would essentially be like the hero of, of the story. And I felt like Donald Duck, while many times presented as a hero um, and should be in, in much of the Disney franchises, like he, he, he did occasionally act as like an antagonist towards Mickey. 
Well, Chippendale were kind of he was kind of the antagonist for that. Well, no, you know, yeah. honestly though, okay, so so Chippendale, but Huey, Dewey, and Louie and like the the original theatrical releases, like Donald was often the antagonist to the well. It could go either or, but he was often an antagonist in that. Like, if you think about when they had, like, the giant snowball fight or when they bought him the cigars as, like, a Father's Day present or, like, as a birthday present, he made them smoke all of them because he thought they were smoking. Wow, it's really sad I remember that, but yes. (laughs) And then he felt like a jerk. But then there's other ones where, like, Pete's his neighbor and is just a terrible neighbor and he's kind of not an antagonist or the one where he was doing the cooking thing and Mm. like it got all messed up and he drove to the studio and like accosted the woman, like while still on air because he Mm. screwed it up because he put cement in the mix instead of flour. I just watched that on Disney plus. So, okay. Mm. I was going to say, that's a really specific memory. (sighs) There's like a ton of stuff on Disney plus. I need to actually work through. They don't have everything though. They don't have, um, my wife and I are pissed because they don't have like the Humphrey the Bear one where they're like cleaning up the litter and the Rangers like singing the, the song. For them I, to clean up to, and they need to to clean up the litter, or they won't get dinner. That's not on there yet, and it upsets me greatly. I don't even know what you're talking about. It's I, it's one of the mm-hmm. old like theatrical ones. It had like the park ranger, and then there was like a. They they did like a small series with like a bear called Humphrey. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen any of those. I just I've always kind of like you know, there's another pick on here that will probably be, I'll probably say that's my second pick is in a, in a minute when we go do it. But you, there's a theme there. It's like I I feel like I tend to like not the main character who's supposed to be the main character, which in this case is Mickey. I usually kind of like this, what would kind of be considered the secondary character and who also sometimes can be like an antagonist mm-hmm. um, or ha- at least have almost seen like a conflict or a competition with the main character. And for me, it's like I've never really been into Mickey. Like I was more always like a Donald fan. Like Donald was I, I'm still like a Donald fan. Like Donald Donald's, to me is. Yeah. Yeah, He's got uh, way more personality. Mm-hmm. Donald will get mad about things and he'll square up and he'll be ready to go. And Mickey's just like, oh, I guess not doing that, huh? Yeah. And then he beats up the Jonas Brothers. So. Oh, yeah. Um, and and also, I mean, it's it's, I mean, the I felt like the franchise itself got so convoluted and weird, but I did enjoy the fact that he was kind of like one of the main supporting characters in the Kingdom Hearts series. Yeah. But that. And he that was just got into like, yeah, that that whole franchise. I, the, the, I mean, the storyline from the very beginning was kind of convoluted, but it got increasingly weird and convoluted. Yeah, like they have to do like they had to release like a collection with just um, cinematics from like the side games just so you could make sense of three. Yeah, it's I like the concept from the very beginning game. Where it's like, hey, let's take uh, let's take Disney and kind of make it like an anime. So it's like, all right, I'm cool. You get to visit all the different, like all these different Disney worlds. You, it, but then it got it got more anime. I guess is the best way to put it. With I mean, there are people who love anime. I'm not trashing anime. There's some really good stuff out there, but a lot of anime plots just get needlessly 
confusing. Well, it kind of was originally the first game was kind of meant to be a bit of a Disney and Final Fantasy crossover, and the Final Fantasy stuff went away pretty quick. I um I tried playing the the first Kingdom Hearts game because the crossover aspect intrigued me, but I don't know the controls just kind of took me out of it and the the final fantasy um art style or the i should rephrase the it was a very final fantasy seven eight art style takes me out of it i just yeah i don't really care for that and the controls were kind of wonky for me maybe i was doing it wrong but uh it's like the first game i can really remember that brought in like big name voice actors because they got yeah. a lot of like the OG like Disney ones. They got um Haley Joel Osment uh to voice Sora mm-hmm. and um some others. But uh I've been meaning to do this but Matt wouldn't stop talking about Ha ha what's this about not wearing the purity rigs? Ha ha <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was probably me. Um but okay, Donald Duck. I I have a friend who can do the voice. I'm not uh, I'm not even gonna try. I think uh, I think I saw the guy talk about doing it once, and how he did it. Now, um, just before we we go off of Donald, I think um, as far as in the comics, he had the best comic career because he he had his own comic that survived a long time, but then he kind of also got a lot of play in probably the most popular Disney comic, which were the Carl Barks um. Uncle Scrooge's. Okay. And obviously DuckTales he was a big part of. Yeah, it was... I, I My memory is that he didn't show up in DuckTales much, but... Uh, he, he probably... He would pop in there here and there. Like, obviously, you know, they were his nephews, so he's in there, and then they, like, when they go to Egypt with, like, the the mummy, he's in that one. I mean, he was he was enough of a presence that I would say he was a recurring cast member. Ah, uh, fair enough. I may just not remember it well. I've been hit in the head a few times. <laughs> if I never mentioned it before. Uh, Brad, who do you have in your uh, tenth spot? Okay, so like Matt, I do not have these in any particular order. I kind of just jotted these down as um as as they came to me. So it's going to be a little weird, but um. So my number 10 spot is Count Duckula. Oh, wow. That's an interesting one. So um, uh-huh. a lot of people are probably just like, what the fuck is a Count Duckula? So this is a cartoon that w- is a British cartoon, actually, and is related to my number nine because that's where he first appears. But um, so it's a British cartoon. So he is he is a vampire and he gets resurrected. But um, when Igor, I think Igor is his name, and then his nanny are bringing him back she screws up and knocks ketchup in the resurrection machine instead of blood. So he's actually a vegetarian vampire. And um, Igor is constantly trying to get him to do evil things. And um, there's this like Van Helsing-esque vampire hunter always after him. And they just get up to shenanigans throughout the series. And it's a fun, it's a fun show from my childhood that, kind of holds up as an adult humor wise so but a fun fun side story about that so there's a narrator to that cartoon and he's doing a vincent price ripoff and yeah. vincent price found out and he got pissed at them because he told them like 
why didn't you just ask me? I would have done it for you. So, yeah. Interesting. Vincent Price is mad at them because they didn't ask him because he would have done the narration himself. Well. Instead of an impersonator. Vincent Price, he seems kind of hard to, in his later years, kind of hard to pin down about what he would or wouldn't be up for, you know? I think he just liked working. Because, I mean, he was Vincent Van Gogh in um, Scooby-Doo. Oh, was he? Yeah. So did, did either of you watch this when... Uh, no, I was aware of it. Um, I think it only came on in syndication on like the weekends, and I don't think I can't recall watching an episode, but I remember seeing it advertised. Maybe I did watch it, and it's just I don't remember it. But I am aware of it. That I and I'm aware that it was like a British show, um, a show that I actually that was also British that I watched more of, I want to say is danger mouse. Yep. That's, um, actually that is where he first appears as like an antagonist, but, um, we'll get to that and talk about it more. Cause number nine is actually danger mouse for me. So, Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll go ahead and put, um, my South park stand in and, uh, there's just, there's just so much um, in that show that I, you know, I had to pick someone to stand in for it, and two really good um, RPG games. So, you know, he gets to have all of these great lines, and um, uh, you know, he's he's such a reprehensible little bastard, but it's also, you know, it, it's amusing because he also falls apart when he gets hit with adversity. So, you know. It, fun character really fun show for me um he did kill that per that is scott tenderman's parents and yeah feed them to yeah them. yeah yeah uh the the line at the end of that was guys let's not ever mess with cartman again that was <laughs> i think if, i think if i picked a character from this show that i would pick is like my my favorite from this show would probably be Butters, just for the vampire episode. Butters is a great character. That's what, honestly, what made it so hard is how do I pick who? Because there's so many that have great Butters as the um, the JD Salinger knockoff character in the Scrody McBooger Balls episode <laughs> was really funny. And and Randy Marsh really has some great stuff. Like someone was just yeah. doing an impersonation of it on a podcast, like the Little League baseball one, where he's like fighting with parents and oh. like they arrested like this is america i'm sorry i'm sorry i thought this was america i thought this was america yeah yeah that's exactly the one you're thinking of <laughs> i'm the bad dad mm-hmm. and then stan gets up and goes i didn't hear no bell mm-hmm. so yeah yeah that's, that's... i'm i'm actually current i mean it's taking me forever because my the way my schedule is it's like i can I can watch like <laughs> maybe one episode a week, but I'm sure. I'm working my way through all of South Park from the very beginning because it's on uh, HBO Max. Oh, okay. Although although I think they probably have taken out haven't they probably have taken out the ones with uh, with Mohammed, right? Yeah, they did. There a couple. Take those out. Yeah. There's there's um there were two that I think they were the inauguration of a particular season. 
that I didn't get to watch. But it, and it, the shame of it is that it was the big celebrity mashup thing that had um, it had Mecha Streisand and it the the I think it, I can't remember it was episode like fourteen oh one fourteen and um the guy from Sidney the Cure. Oh, yeah. no, this was later, because that was real early on. Sidney Poitier and Robert Smith versus Mecha Streisand. But this was way later, and it had all that stuff crammed into it. And I started to watch it at one point, and something happened. And I, I left, and I came back to watch it later, and they'd taken it down. Because the first show is the their class is going on a tour of a uh, candy plant, and Tom Cruise is in there moonlighting, packing fudge. And I'm like, look, Tom Cruise is a fudge packer. No, I'm not. Yeah, look, Tom Cruise is packing fudge. He's right there. And I think they got – I think the uh, Church of Happyology came after him to shut that down. But it, it might have been because Muhammad was in it. I don't remember. But um, I still do the – I still do the, like I'll, – I'll just be like, bitch, if you a hobbit, you better tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then my wife will bust out the what are you a gay fish line. The, um, it, it doesn't get a lot of play, and it's an underrated episode. But the one about um, Russell Crowe just fighting people, and he had like Tugger with him, uh, fighting yeah. around the world, fighting around the world. <laughs> I think if I'm going to pick one, like I'd, I'd have to sit down with the list and work on it. One of my favorite episodes is um, Fun with Weapons. Yeah. Because it's just so it's so bonkers, and it's a hilarious parody of uh, just kind of uh, well, I'm assuming it is that it's a hilarious parody of like a lot of a lot of stuff. So I, I think mine is, and it's unquestionably my favorite is Butter's Bottom Bitch, where he's the pimp. Is <laughs> that probably, is a great episode. Yeah, it just. There's so there's so much great stuff in there and it's butters like at his best. And I like mm-hmm. when he's like when he's like bothering Wendy's like, bitch, like, why are you doing that when you could be on the, the, the playground making some motherfucking money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Senator Jones, you like getting kisses in hotel rooms. And Butters is just so he's so pure and innocent about it. I love that that's a great episode. Mm. Oh man, I'd have to I'd have to work at it and figure out what my favorite was, but I, those I, are really really good. I did think the show kind of lost a lot when they went to like the season long arcs. That's kind of where we lost interest. I haven't seen a lot of the more recent stuff, but I have seen an episode here or there, um, and I I generally do feel like for a show that's been going on for like twenty. 20 plus years now yeah it still relatively holds up yeah um whereas i feel like a show like the simpsons just like really went off a cliff like gosh bro it it's it's, been off the cliff for like 20 years yeah it's been off the cliff a long time i think the difference people really oh sorry let me let me finish this thought and you can tell you i i really actually still like shows like south park but other people well south park i was about to say i like shows like family guy and a family guy gets a lot of hate and family guy like the quality can be really oh i was just saying that family guy like people a lot of people hate on that um and the quality of it can be like really inconsistent but i i still feel like that is still a show i enjoy and i feel like i feel like they can still have good 
episodes are good jokes. Like this, this past season, they had a, they had a like a, a episode long recurring gag that Meg had done something that they never disclosed what it was, but <laughs> they had something where it's like she couldn't be left alone. Um, and like Stewie goes, Meg did Meg got in trouble, and like she can't be left alone like legally. And so throughout the episode you would see like the like two characters talking and then all of a sudden you see like they'd see like Meg like walking outside and they'd be like what oh my god Meg's outside that's probably the problem Meg 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 please go back <laughs> and they just went they ran with it like for four or five episodes like four sorry not episodes four or five scenes in the in the course of the episode it's like things like that I think I think are still funny but yeah. I can see where people say like the quality of that can kind of be hit or miss but South Park, I feel, largely has still maintained mm-hmm. a fairly good consistency. And I know, Shad, you were saying a second ago that um, they tried, they had to do new stuff, which I think yeah. I think that's key. If you break from the formula, I, mean, I think it, that's what can keep yeah. you fresh. And I think the difference between why The Simpsons is irredeemably bad and why Family Guy and South Park can be weaker but still have its moments is i think i think the difference there is with the simpsons i don't think any of the original people are still there whereas family guy still has like seth mcfarland there because it's his like passion project and you know south mm-hmm. park still has matt and trey doing like 90 percent of the work yeah and they turn those episodes around so fast. That's there's a documentary. There's a documentary about them making an episode, and they turn it around in like a week. Yeah, that which blows my mind. But I guess their animation style really works for it, and they get under pressure, so they get it done. But um, you know, they, they could they could have just kept doing the the regular the stuff they had been doing, but then they're like, well, you know, it, it's going to get dry if we don't mix it up a little well, bit. So it, we're going to try and do like season long arcs and, and stuff, stuff that you found funny when you were like in your mid to late twenties is kind of cringe to you as like, uh, is, um, someone in your late thirties, early forties, mm-hmm. pushing into your fifties. Like, so it's just going to change by the nature of it. Yeah. There's there's some really uh, South Park has some of those, but it also like especially early on. But then they got uh, somewhere along. Oh, that was the one I was thinking. Another top contender for me. I completely make love, not Warcraft was really funny, too. Um, But they they've just kind of ended up making a show that's generally funny as opposed to kind of the shock humor they started with. Um. And so, you know, good for them. They've they have figured they have figured out a way to do it, and I'm happy for them. I think they've done a good job. The movie's good. People don't understand. Movie's pretty the movie. good. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the, it's a music. It's a South Park musical, and it yeah. works. I think that's what people didn't understand about it at the time. It's actually it's actually like a long form satire of Les Misérables. Um, yeah. So yeah. So what's right. uh, oh we're back to Matt, aren't we? Well, uh, you had already mentioned yours, Brad, so I thought we'd pick up yours okay. so, relatively closely. Um, This is more like the franchise. It was hard to pick out, like a character between Danger Mouse and Penfold, his sidekick. But um, again, this is the same company that does count Duckula. He actually started on this as like a, an antagonist for a couple episodes. So this is like a British satire of um, kind of, you know, your 007 stuff and... 
they go on missions and usually something horrible happens to him like as far as like severe beatings or things like that and um it has that dry british humor a lot of you know humorous violence um it's kind of like if james bond was like hey i have this perfect training and then got you know a bunch of people clubs just like pounded him into the ground this was a nickelodeon one though but this was on a lot in the 80s so if you didn't have cable you probably have never seen this or or seen it i think it's on netflix or it has been at some points right uh, i've seen like information of it around but i've never watched it so there was a reboot series a couple years ago but i never watched that uh, okay but Matt, did you you said you had memories of watching? Yeah, Dangerous. I remember. I remember Danger Mouse. For some reason, like that, that I was actually able to watch. Um, and I feel like that came on only on the weekends too. But uh, I don't remember a lot of it though, because I think it was actually like an early '80s. Yeah. Cartoon. I so so. It, I had to have been watching it in syndication, and I don't. I don't know how many episodes they ever made of the show. I don't remember watching it live a lot. It's something my parents had a VCR early and this was on like a bunch of VHS tapes. So I had like oh. access to it because uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys did your guys' parents have a VCR like in the early 80s. Uh, No, we probably didn't get into like mid 80s. Ours, I think, was late 80s, but we also didn't have access to a lot of the, the channels that this stuff would have been on. So a popular tactic at the time, and my wife will vouch for this on her end, was – and it wouldn't apply to Danger Mouse, but was during the free weekend of HBO was to get the old VCR recording TV and getting a bunch of stuff from HBO on VHS. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. It definitely had a lot of HBO stuff saying around in VHSs, but this was on there. I had a couple other stuff on there, but um, I don't necessarily remember watching it live on TV a lot. I have some memories of it, but I remember watching those VHS tapes, you know, well past when it, I think, would have been relevant on TV. Well, that's fair enough. All right. Uh, Matt, what was your next one? Um, again, none of my stuff is in particular order, but uh, kind of going along with the secondary hero slash like antagonist role. Uh, I actually mentioned this when I was talking about my list with my wife, and she's like, "Who's that character?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about? This was a major character." She couldn't remember this character, but uh, I'm going with Daffy Duck of Looney Tunes. She couldn't she remember Daffy. Yeah, she didn't remember Daffy. He's like, like the number I, two character. Yes. And he yes. was like, he was like their primary, like when they were doing those clip movies, mm-hmm. like Daffy Duck's um, Fantastical Island and Daffy Duck's, um, was it Quack Busters or Quack Stoppers? I don't remember, I, but he's, he was my favorite of the Looney Tunes characters. Duck, Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half centuries. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Matt, I, Daffy has a special place in my heart. There was a there was a friend group in college that, um, for some reason, someone ended up assigning Looney Tunes to to each of us. And while I had kind of hoped to be somebody else, I think I kind of ended up as Daffy because I was a bit more um, loud and out there. <laughs> but uh, I, 
Daffy's a huge deal. You know. I've always talked about my favorite scene with him is his, his, I think, one episode of the Tasmanian Devil where he catches him in the zoo for a reward. And he drops a dollar in the cage. And this is after, like, you know, a whole episode of this, like, the, the Tasmanian devil grabs it. And he's like, it's mine. It's mine. He runs in the cage and he just beats the shit out of the Tasmanian devil to get his dollar back. <laughs> See, Daffy was an interesting character because Daffy would come off as very competent unless he was going up against another big name tune character that and and then and then he would he would uh take the fall but yeah man daffy's matt i'm looking wow i'm looking at our list so far Mm -hmm. and um given three of the five choices so far guys our list is pretty ducked up well i have have oh i i i i'm not done with my duck characters no i have have another duck character in mind and my wife was also kind of like, like, you have a lot of ducks on your list. I'm like, yeah, well. <laughs> ducks were like I mean, huge and for when yeah. we were kids, though. And yeah, they're all packed up to be. Uh, that's, that's, that's where that, if, if friend of the show, Christy Petrillo, was making that, we'd call it a Malabom. That's, that's that Look, level. I can't of bad help joke. myself. I have like an entire list of duck jokes and I'm always looking for opportunities to, to drop them, but I will be good and not do that right now. I, mm. I almost put him on my list, but he got bumped by count Decula, but my favorite Looney tune would be foghorn Leghorn. That's a great joke. Mm. <laughs> he's especially, he's especially a delight as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I will. Cause he's, he's that blowhard. No, nothing uncle that you had growing up. Yeah. I, I, I often use, like, whenever I want to describe someone um, as not very bright, I still use that, that boy or that girl. That boy is... Okay, no problem. Um, so you were saying, like, Foghorn Leghorn is, is one of your favorite characters? Yeah. He's but, fun. He's so he's, much fun. He's fun. Um, it's always fun to use, like, his particular insults mm-hmm. at people. I don't remember all of them, but uh, one insult... That that I use, I actually use this like in real life, <laughs> and like whenever I want to describe someone as mm-hmm. not particularly bright, I will tell them like, oh that I will use that as like, oh that boy is about as sharp as a sack of wet mice. <laughs> you have to one. say it. You have my to. My brother. Say it. Yeah. Yeah. My brother right. uses that exact line. That's how, I feel you have yeah. to say it in the in the southern accent just to get the full. <laughs> a, a nice boy, but he's about as sharp as a bag of about wet mice. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, such a great line. Okay, well, I, if you're ready, I'm going to hit the next one on my list. Go and for it. Matt, I hope I'm not taking wind out of your sails when, and it's this specific version, but from Tiny Toons, it's Baby Plucky, hmm. because that stinking tiny animated little bird had some of the most quotable and amusing. Uh, shorts that he was featured in and my uh, one of my kids um, when when we were working on potty training with him I, I kept trying to get him to say water go down the hole and he did it one time and then from that point on he would never say it again he always said drain instead of down the hole and I was just like ah 
it, it would just made me laugh every time. But uh, yeah, Baby Plucky just had so many. Hey, thwarting a serial killer with an elevator button. Uh, you know the 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 um, uh, the the golf episode. Like he's he's very much the endearing stuff of a small child, and then he's also the the infuriating stuff. But it's not your kid, so it's funny to watch. You know, it's it's funny you bring up Tiny Toons because my wife was talking about um, just a creeper in general last week. So I showed her the scene from the movie which she never seen where they're where they pick up the hitchhiker. Yeah. And like Plucky's like freaking out. He's sitting there like pulling like the the ripcord on his chainsaw, like listing off like pig delicacies because I guess like like um pigs would or pork products whipped him up into like a a frenzy yeah. and he was in there with all of uh, Hampton's family. Weren't they talking about him on the radio too? Yes. Because then he was like they they like describe him perfectly and Plucky's like freaking out. He's like he has green shoes and then he looks down. He has like red shoes. And he's like he's like oh thank God and like oh correction red shoes and he <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks at Plucky and he's like duck too or something like that. Yeah, but it it um. It, it, it was funny. And, and the best part of that whole movie is he goes with them to I think it was like something like Happy World Land. And they just go mm-hmm. and take like the like like the subway mm. tour of like all the rides so they can go. Yeah, next it's just year. the monorail. Yeah. Because if they go and do everything, there's nothing to do next time. Yeah. <laughs> I swear I wanted to strangle his entire family for that. I actually love Hampton's family. Like they're they're. There's such a great, like, stereotypical, like, you have... They're kind of like Taz's family, actually, to some degree. Uh, they're... Taz's family, I think, is more varied. Hampton's family all kind of plays on the same note. Yeah. But... All right. So, Baby Plucky, that's in my next spot. So, uh, we'll go back to... We'll what? get back to our original rotation, I guess. And okay. Go back to Matt. Who'd you hit... Who's your next one, Matt? Uh, so these next two are going to be from the same uh, show or franchise. Okay. Um, and I think I'll go with like the original um, show because that's what I've watched the most in my in my time. Okay. Um, but they these characters have been in multiple versions of uh, this franchise. I'll go with uh, one of everyone's child, at least anyone of our generation, their childhood hero. That would be Transformers Autobot leader Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime. Oh, yeah, he's a, on a, my list, too. A man, quote-unquote man, or robot, who, who whose death brought a tear to our eyes as a child. <laughs> it traumatized many a person to the point where they didn't kill Duke yeah, in the Yeah, so G.I. popular movie. they had it. Like, no. And a character they had to bring back because people just – the, the outcry was too much. Well, and they needed they needed to sell like that um that <laughs> yeah. Power Master Optimus. Yeah. Um, and really perfect voice casting for him. Mm-hmm. And, and Peter Cullen's really done a lot of voice work, but I think like everyone just thinks of him as Optimus Prime. Like even to the point I think like that made people take the first movie seriously because they brought him in to do Optimus Prime's voice. Actually, I heard they they I heard Frank Welker auditioned for Megatron for like the first live action movie, but they didn't like how it sounded. 
And I think I think when you look at like the Optimus Prime versus Megatron dynamic, especially if you get into like the comics and stuff, like there's a very there's very few like antagonistic relationships like theirs that um that kind of have like that perfect counterbalance to each other. Yeah. Prime versus Megatron's a, a really good like yin yang thing. Yeah, so I I just felt like Optimus Optimus was a great example of like a just a really kind of like a pure hero and presented as like a very kind and and ideal leader. Like I really feel like he's a he at least in the generation uh generation one cat like way that was scripted and how he was presented. I felt like he was just like an ideal heroic leader. Um, mm-hmm. A great example of that. So he was always he was he ranks you know on my list definitely my top ten. It's sad sure. like it's sad that the comics like really screw him up now because comic writers are just idiots and can't figure out how to write like noble good characters and they think they have mm-hmm. to like you know we have to make them inept or we have to like we have to make them more interesting and morally gray. It's like no no you don't no you 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 can have the paragon of the good guys be a paragon. And if you want shades mm-hmm. of gray, you can throw it on the, the second in command or the heavy or something like and that. And like he, but see, like, he, I don't think he's as like, I think people misunderstand because he was like, he, he wasn't necessarily a military leader, but he made like hard decisions. And, you know, he, 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 you know, he wasn't like, you know, a wuss. He just, he was noble, but like, you know, if he had to like put his men in danger's way to like get the job done, like he did it mm-hmm. or, you know, employed, employed things he didn't like, like the Dinobots that they just kind of tucked in a closet unless they needed them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, Brad, who is next on your list? Well, I'm going to I'm going to shuffle my list around and keep us on the Transformers uh, bandwagon. All right. Since it seems to fit, but I am going to go with Optimus Prime is on my list, so we'll we'll just cross him off, but um I'm going to go with another Autobot. And actually since we discussed the Dinobots, um we'll go with their inventor, Wheeljack. Hmm. I actually liked him a lot in Generation 1. I he wasn't my favorite, but I did think he was a really cool. Um, would you put it? Would you rank him as like second in command? He seemed. He was always presented as like a really important character. I I think. Oh man. No, I think Prowl was second in command. Hmm. That might be a comic thing, though. I, you know. There, he was kind of part of this trend that happened like in '80s cartoons where you would have. You'd have kind of like an inventor, uh, like secondary character that, you know, was presented quite well. Like in Thundercats, they had Panther. Panther was kind of like uh, something of like a mentor and also was an inventor that would create cool stuff. And I feel like that that trope has been used before. (laughs) And Ninja, that's correct. But he was also like, I think he fit well and got a lot of airtime because he was like a good... Like if you needed, if you wanted to put like spark plug into an episode, um, I said he's he was the dad, right? It was Spike and Spark Plug, 
right okay i'm mm-hmm. good if you wanted to put spark plug into an episode and have him do something you would have him work with wheeljack so um i think pr- I, i'd have to look because the problem is i don't know i don't know if they ever had like a second in command on the thing but i would imagine it was Ironhide or prowl based on like just how they generally do that stuff I, I I don't I'm being quiet because my memory is really spotty through here. So do we want to hit? Oh, you want to yeah, hit? I'll you, hit Shad? my next one. Yeah. Yeah, I'll hit this one. Um, this is one who's kind of low on the list because this character's prominence is not primarily in the animated world, and I'm gonna go specifically with the '90s cartoon of Spider-Man. Um, because, like, the, I haven't seen any Spider-Man movies beyond the Raimi movies, I'll I'll admit, that's, I just haven't, but for the longest time, this seemed like the only version of Spider-Man that came anywhere close to getting the, the Peter Parker makes cheesy jokes while he's, you know, engaged in combat with the villains, because that's, that's his nervous habit, like, that's, that's what he does in that case of nerves and you just didn't get that in most renditions and they covered a lot of ground in that show with um you know a lot of they did the six arm thing they did the man spider they also had blade show up in this they had punisher show up they had craven show up nick fury the reason that i picked spider-man over the x-men because I was talking to my brother about this, and he's like Wolverine from the X-Men cartoon. Now, at the time, yeah, but as I've gotten older, I'm less and less of a Wolverine fan. Um, so it's a – I look at um, – I think Spidey was a better character, and X-Men was more of an ensemble show. So uh, Wolverine ended up with more screen time, but I don't know. It just uh, – where I am now, I just – I can't – I can't really give the uh, I can't give the nod to them, so it's going to be ninety Spidey. Okay, well, we'll keep the ball rolling and go back to Matt, who I believe you said was another pick from the same franchise. Another, yeah, it's going to be another Transformers character, um, and I, I feel like I've liked this character in different versions. But I'm going to go with the Generation 1 version. Um, again, I like antagonists or I like uh, I like villains. I'm going to pick Starscream. I feel like Starscream Star is Scream. such a like, conniving, backstabbing little bitch. And I loved every second of it in the original show because of him trying to backstab Megatron at every single turn. <laughs> he, he died like he lived, like a little bitch. You know, like a little bitch, but he was—he's uh, still a favorite of mine. I still like like he's just an asshole, but I like that about him. Yeah, uh, well, like he's that, a favorite. <laughs> I like that he um he didn't understand. Well, the, like they kind of went away from it because the writing went downhill. But like there's some like early episode ones where like Megatron actually kind of instructs him on being like a halfway decent leader. And, like, Starscream wants to do this, and Megatron's like, no, you don't do it like that. You do it like this because, you know, this and this. Mm-hmm. 
and they have like some philosophical discussions. But I also like though that he is so good at what he does that he's worth keeping around despite like his backstabbery. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was so good at his spot in the show that he has a trope named after him. Like that's that's how important Starscream is, like narratively. I mean, I would say he's probably the third most important character on the show. Maybe fourth. Depends on where you would place Bumblebee in that. But, like, you pretty much have Optimus Prime, Megatron, and Starscream as, like, the three most memorable characters. And then I would say Bumblebee's in there. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have a whole lot of, of G1 to draw on, so... I have way too much G1 to draw on, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. So, Brad, who's your next one? Okay, so we are going to go with... We're going to go back to ducks. A lot of duckery. <laughs> um, Launchpad McQuack. Not Darkwing Launchpad mm. McQuack. This is solely DuckTales Launchpad McQuack. Okay. So he was born to a family of, like, stunt flyers. There's a whole episode where you like meet his family. That's interesting. And I guess I guess what he's known as, and I don't know why Scrooge kept using him, but he was like an incompetent pilot who pretty much crashed every time he tried to land, except like one time, and then he was mad he didn't crash. Okay. I think what happened is I don't remember the episode. I do remember like they went into the crash, but then he like managed to pull off a land. He's like, oh man. <laughs> and then like the episode i think it is actually one of the best ducktales episodes where he gets brought in by shush and he does like the secret agent thing and he had like the toupee with the gun in it okay and they did like a james bond-esque thing and i think foul was he was going against too okay but um yeah he's he's probably my favorite DuckTales character. Um he's still good in Darkwing, but like he's not as deep as he was in DuckTales. Fair enough. Um I I'm I remember Launchpad better from Darkwing than from DuckTales, but that's that's all I got. Um it just I, I just have more memories of him that way. I mean, that was a later show too. I mean, Ducktales was, yeah, was like mid to late eighties. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I guess I need to drop my next one, and this is a no particular order pick, but this is not only because of the original he was in, but his follow up when he got his own show, and that's going to be the Tasmanian Devil. Hmm. Because. The the first at first I was just amused by him just being this force of nature this this uh, you you could redirect him but you couldn't stop him force of nature and then you watch Tasmania and here he is trying to be the reasonable one among his crazy pants family <laughs> and he can't even speak intelligibly that the viewers can understand it everybody else understands him fine. But I never got tired of that joke. Uh, Why you bury me in the cold, cold ground? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good... That's true. That's a good line. That's a good line. Oh, man. 
I think also like the, the the spinning tornado thing is just like an iconic an iconic thing that sticks with you from childhood. It really um it was a really I think f- clever way of them having him do so much without having to animate it is you just have the tornado like chew through a rock or tear stuff down or break stuff and then you don't have to um and then, it, like, they can just have the tornado come by and do it. And that kind of sets the standard for a lot of that, that kind of gag. Was his name Claude? No. Do you remember Do you remember when he, Bugs Bunny dressed in drag and, like, kissed him with, like, the bear trap and his wife showed up? And she called him by name. Hang on, I'm going to find before this. Before smacking him in I the head have, with a rolling pin. I, I need to look this up now. Yeah, I, you've said this. Um, oh, Wikipedia fun note. The uh, uh, I'm looking. Apparently, the only music that did not soothe Taz, because every other kind of music would soothe him, except bagpipes, which just pissed him off. <laughs> uh, it's not in the Wikipedia. So, I know she called him by a name. Um, hmm. They have a, They just got them at our zoo a couple years ago, and they're ugly little shits too. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they are wild though. So it fits. They got a lot of teeth. yeah, they do. Yeah, they uh, yeah they kind of look like big rats, but let's see. All I right. swear she called him by name. I, I can I I got nothing for you on that front. I'm I'm not seeing a name anywhere. I'm trying to find it. Yeah. I'm just seeing Taz is like the name. I actually, I mean, I was always a fan of uh, the Tasmanian Devil. He was actually a, a fun character, and I, I liked him in, um, I like <laughs> Space Jam. Yeah. Oh yeah, says, that's true. I have that's true. It says in trivia in the final minute of the bedeviled rabbit, in the final minute of the name, the name of the Tasmanian Devil Claude is revealed by the female Tasmanian Devil Rosebud. Huh. The devils are married by bugs and devil may hair. Well, it's a good memory then. I would not have. Uh... I just I've been I they're all on HBO Max and I've been watching them recently. It actually really upsets me because a lot of them are in really bad shape. And I'm I'm oh, shocked yeah. that Warner Brothers hasn't like cleaned them up. Oh, wow. Just shows you like what what their priorities are, which is obviously not. Oh, taking care of that stuff wow okay so here's oh apparently when was this released about uh six years ago there were a batch of uh tasmanian devils released into the wild who had been bred to resist an infectious facial cancer that had been spreading among the the wild populations and it jacks their faces up Wow, that's... They're pretty ugly to begin with. 
All right. Well, um, let's go on to our next pick. Matt, who do you have? Um, you know what? Let's just – I'm going to wrap up, like, the ducks in my list. <laughs> uh, and we we did an entire episode on him, so we don't have to really talk too much. But I will I will actually choose, like, Darkwing Duck. I really Dark was a, a huge fan of that character. Um, and hit the cartoon show, like, we've talked about, like, the video game that they did that was pretty much just a Mega Man clone. Um I'm just a huge fan. Like I really, I really just love that show. I need that's one of the shows that I need to watch on Disney Plus that I haven't gotten around to it. Like just a huge fan. So that that's that one is actually on my list. The end. Again, I didn't really rank this, but he would rank pretty high in terms of like favorite cartoon characters. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, we've we've gone. I I honestly considered him a lot for going on my list because. If you, I remember back to the Disney afternoon. What was the show I looked forward to? Uh, Darkwing. So you'd get Rescue Rangers as a great lead in Darkwing, and then after Darkwing, at least to me, it was like Goof Troop, Goof Troop was a drop off, and it's just like, well, okay. So Brad, what about you? Um, so this one breaks the rule of previous discussions, but I put um, Egon Spangler. Oh. on here um because i mean they, i mean where do you really i mean i really don't even want to bring in like stuff from like the movies like the twinkie yeah. thing and <clears throat> and um <laughs> you know when when they're like in the elevator and he tells them what might happen or like you know crossing the streams is bad yeah uh, but yeah. just even in the cartoon, like just his kind of dry kind of approach to everything, um, you know, Janine hitting on him and him just being completely oblivious. Yeah. Um, you know, being the knowledge guy, always researching. I don't think he ever like left unless it was to bust ghosts. Yeah, he he pretty much stayed at the firehouse. Or you know, in the movie when um when Slimer slimes a uh, Vankman and he's like, "Save me some, <laughs> save me a sample." Yeah. <laughs> and you know when they do like the when they were like firing them up in the sequel and he ruins like the do re mi thing because he goes Egon. Oh, I I thought mm. that was just I thought that was and how proud of himself with. he was at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, a great. That's a great character. But Egon was my. Uh, he was he was always my favorite Ghostbuster. Because um, I mean, Bill Murray's funny. There's no question about it. But I mean, come on, the character's kind of a dick. So I don't know him shocking that guy in the beginning is pretty hilarious. It's funny. He's a but he's a dick. You know, the, the funny thing about that scene is every time he shocks that guy, that guy makes correct predictions. Yeah. But he wasn't noticing it. He was just shocking him to get him to quit. Actually, Winston would probably be my second favorite Ghostbuster just because he's like the everyman. Mm-hmm. And um, he also has the second best line of the movies is like when Stay Puft shows up, he's like, well, no, when Gozer like zaps him, he's like, Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> But they, 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 the comics did a really good job of expanding and like 
rounding him out because like in the comics they they add in that he's like ex-military that's just looking for a job mm-hmm. and it really like gives him like a better purpose in there because he can be like their tactical guy and like really really throw yeah. some stuff in there but you know and he also has that that's a big twinkie yeah do you know do you he, know ernie Hudson? the grounding force do you know ernie hudson actually auditioned for the cartoon and lost it to arsenio really yeah wow no i didn't wow matt do you have a favorite ghostbuster it would probably it would probably be peter bankman but i i've always been like peter bankman although if we're talking about the cartoon like egon got a lot of like really good like lines and just throwaway Mm -hmm. gags because you know, he was portrayed as kind of like oblivious about certain stuff or had a very dry sense of humor. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of good stuff from him. Um, I just, I guess overall, I prefer Peter Bankman, but that's, we, I've shared my love for that cartoon show on. Yeah. Here. That's, that's, that show overall is definitely in my top 10. And if I really had to rank it, it, it would struggle. Man, I'd struggle. It would be in the top ten. I don't know how I'd rank it. I don't know if I'd put it in the top five, but it it mm. I had to go back and forth. That would be a really tough one, but it's it's such a great show. Oh, yeah. and he gets um Egon also gets extra time because he's like he's like the one that's like the mentor in extreme Ghostbusters. Yes. Oh, okay. That's fair. Uh I liked for the, the T V show, I'll admit, um, my favorite characters were anybody but Slimer, and then Slimer was way down below that. <laughs> also, going to the back to the movie, um, where Rick Moranis getting chased by the Hell Beast is hilarious. <laughs> when he like when it's like in front of the restaurant, that everyone just stops and he like passes out and just goes back to eating. It's great, and like the yeah the um the like the was it like a it was like a carriage driver, wasn't it? Uh, I don't remember. We'll figure that out sometime. We should do There's... something. The movie's really a good like introduction oh, to the yeah. cartoon. My favorite um, Rick Moranis bit from the first movie, and I'm checking right now because I want to, uh, I want to make sure I've got the. Uh, was it when he crawled out on the balcony to try and get in her apartment because her TV was on? No, no, no. No, it was um, the, you know, when Rick Moranis is doing the whole thing for the, uh, you know, it, when he's um, greeting uh, Dana at the party, I think. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's doing that, like that whole, that whole thing. He just did, like, he just, like, improv that whole thing. Like that, that whole thing, he just came up with that. He's just spouting all of that off as he goes. That was Rick Moranis just coming up with it for that shot. And that cracks me up because you, you know, somebody like that, right? Like you, you know, someone who, who does that and will go on and on and on about it. It's like, I'm not going to be able, you're the one that handles the taxes, I can't talk to these people about the taxes you did because I don't know and I don't care. But he just keeps going and it cracks me up. I don't think I think the reason they didn't put Dana Barrett in the cartoon is she could never get over 
knowing that um that that Janine and um Lewis did the nasty in her apartment <laughs> and moved to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> also she named her son after a hot dog. <laughs> was it what was it was it Oscar was the It was Oscar, yeah. Okay. They used um turbo controller for the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a friend. He built one of those at-home uh, arcades that's got the like the 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 four-person joystick thing. Yeah. I had I and the last time I was over there, we slammed through some stuff, and I was just I looked down at it. I'm like, I just really prefer a handheld controller now. Uh, but you know, so I guess I'll I'll hit mine. Um, and this one is – I'm going with this because it's my, my pick of my favorite from an ensemble cast, and I'm not going to dig in too much, but it's really representative of a show that I really loved, and I had entirely too many toys for, and that's Leonardo from the Ninja Turtles. Um, because, like, when I was, I was young – uh, you know, playing the leader because you want to be the leader. But then as I've gotten older, I just I enjoy the concept of the person in the leadership role having to balance the duties that they have to have and taking care of the people with them with the the burden of command thing. Like being in the chief spot is not cushy. Reading, it's only cushy if you're bad at it. Reading like the current comics, he's very much – like he has a personality, but he's very much a blank slate, straight man to the other three and their personalities. Mm-hmm. Like he's there for Donatello and his like flights of fancy, like inventor stuff. He's there for Raphael's temper, and he's there for like Michelangelo's kind of naivety. Mhm. Oh, that reminds me a little piece of trivia I learned. Because I know we talked about the Ninja Turtles NES game. Raphael did have an important role in that game. Yeah, me all too. Of the, all of the characters... Donatello was the most broken. We've established that. Longest reach, highest damage. Next highest damage was actually Raphael. It was not Mikey and it was not Leo. Mm. So he did... If if you weren't having to reach for stuff, Raphael, and you were saving Donatello because his health was low or something like that, Raphael was doing the most damage, which means Mikey actually had the lowest uh, like general utility because he had less reach than Leo did, and the two of them were coded for the lowest damage on their attacks. Donatello was broken in the Super Nintendo fighting game, too. Because you did like his oh, stick, yeah. like spin, like they were just screwed. Like they couldn't get over it. They couldn't avoid it. They could only like back up. Like he was totally busted in that game. It carries on to like Killick and Soul Calibur because Killick will hit you with that staff reach and then just just beat the fire out of you. Yeah. So. Well, is that is all that right? Our t- so yeah. We're having some technical difficulties tonight, so we're going to actually part two of this instead of going into, like, another hour. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so we'll be back with our – well, I only have four because Optimus Prime was in my, my last five yeah. when we talked about him. Um, you can you can pick an, an honorable mention if you want. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Grab an honorable mention and put him in that slot. I'll put Deflator Mouse from the tick in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Deflator Mouse gave us this signal, and anytime we use it, he just disconnects his phone and leaves town for two weeks. 
Man, oh my god, I can't believe I forgot about the tick. I was yeah, racking the tick is my brain. Online, that's a that's a good one actually. Oh my gosh. I, there's oh, there's so many great characters like tick. um Sea Urchin being a lame and then they go in the sewers and he's like awesome and like a rock star. Yeah. yeah. And all the time doing that Rain Man impression. Yeah. But he goes down there. It's like, well, what are we doing? Uh, dealing with filth. Definitely filth. Like, it was that show was just. Oh, it didn't go on long enough, but it was great. The the lines that you know what. I'm. Uh, I'll put him first for next week. I'm. I'm probably gonna scratch someone off my list for that. Arthur is a great pick for that too. There are so many great characters or, in the show. Um, Dinosaur right. Neil. You know what a great uh, a throwaway <laughs> to me one is for the tick? It was, uh, I forget what episode it was, but it was the one where it had the human ton in handy. Oh, yes. I was just, <laughs> yeah. I was just playing my... Like, just handy being, like, smart and the human ton being an absolute, like, simpleton. And then the, I, Yeah, handy would make <laughs> comments. And then there was one, I forget what exactly he said, but there was a comment where he... Like reference like Oedipus Rex and people just like looking at him blankly. He's like, Oedipus Rex? He ripped his own eyes out? Read a book! <laughs> no, the, the one I, I thought you were going for is like, he's like Achilles sulking in his tent and they're just yes. looking at him. He's like, Homer the Iliad? But that was also that was also fuck? great because because <laughs> the human ton was beating the tick and Arthur took Handy off his hand and he was stomping on him. And the human ton looks over and just sees his hand there and freaks out, like, passes out. Yeah. <laughs> and then when Handy came the back, he had an eye patch one... because Arthur stomped one of his eyes out. The show had one That's of my right. favorite, favorite funny lines I've ever heard. Who's the jerk who calls himself the tick? Actually. I am that jerk. That's actually my favorite <laughs> character from that show is the mad midnight bomber what bombs at midnight <laughs> all right we're gonna we're gonna get into the tick next time because everybody there's so many great cups like and i say to myself why not blow up the comic club just the whole time he's driving but yeah we we should well yeah there's a lot of tick in the future because that's yeah, coming up on is. the schedule too yeah so everybody thank you for joining us uh for this episode as um odd as things might be it's just internet being weird in general tonight but we would love to hear from you is there anybody on our list that you're like ah, that's a great pick any you disagree with or what any predictions you want to make in the next episode we would love to hear from you on our social media uh that would be facebook twitter and instagram and so this is shad with matt and brad we've been in three corners you're in the fourth and we will catch you next time